You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. The Lord being our shepherd says in one sense that he is awesome when it comes to the relationship we have with him. And some of us, without hesitation, we tell folks that our God is an awesome God. He is uh, so awesome in that he is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, a sovereign in control of everything. Even when something looks as if it's not going to turn out in your favor, God reveals his sovereignty by doing for you what your eyes have not seen. Even when it seems like you're headed for a downfall, God steps in in the nick of time and causes you to prosper simply because he is your shepherd. God cares for you. Make no mistake about it. God cares for you. Even when it seems like nothing is going right in your life, if God is your shepherd, know without question, uh, what you see with your eyes is just temporary. And of course, the Bible even speaks to us in reference to that when you consider 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 that says the things that we see are temporary. They're not going to last. And, and the same writer of 2 Corinthians said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, based upon that, that we should walk by faith and not by sight. I have to walk by faith or the revealed word of God. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I've, I've, got to, I've got to consider what God is revealing instead of what I'm looking at with my natural eyes. It can look scary, but it's not permanent or it's not the conclusion of the matter because God has the final say and aren't you glad that that he'll tell you uh, what the conclusion is through his written and his revealed word I said he'll tell you what the conclusion is through his written and his revealed word oh somebody going through something this morning that that you're, you're just wondering what what you should do 
you're in the right place. Because God's revelation is going to give you an answer. God's revelation is going to tell you exactly what needs to take place. Only thing is, you need to take to heart what God says and, and, and implement it despite what you feel or what you see with your eyes. Because I'm, I'm telling you firsthand, when you walk in God's word, God will unfold his truth right before you. And you know truth is powerful. Truth makes you free. Free in the sense of delivering you, protecting you, and causing you to prosper. Because that's what God wants for you. How many believe that by a show of hands? But now God as shepherd also says to us as his sheep that he is a supplier. He will give you what is required for you to exist here on earth. The way he wants you to exist. I better say that again. He will give you what is required in order for you to exist on earth in the manner he has ordained for you to exist. You say, I didn't know he, he wanted me to exist a certain way. Yeah, oh yeah. See, John 10, 10, Jesus revealed, first of all, that there's a thief. And the primary thief is the devil. Secondary thieves are circumstances, situations, people that don't like you, people that, that's trying to bring you down. And we can go on and on. But you have, you have a primary thief and secondary thieves. But Jesus said, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he said, but I have come. I have come to earth. Why, Jesus? That you, say your name, may have life and that, say your name one more time, may have it more abundantly. He's concerned about your existence. He wants you to have abundant existence. Abundant. What does that mean? More than enough. You say, well, that's not happening to me, Pastor. Well, it's not over yet. You can't go by what you see. You have to stand on God's written and reveal. John 10, 10 again, that latter part. He came that you might have and that you might have it more abundantly. He's concerned about your existence. And if he has anything to do with your existence, or if you allow him to do what he needs to do and desires to do, he will cause abundance to come in your life. I am come that you may have life, and that you may have it how? He's the good shepherd. He's the shepherd that's going to benefit your life. He's the shepherd that's going to supply what is needed in your life. 
I, I love how, how Paul told, told it to the Philippian church in Philippians 4 and 19. Now, b- before I quote Philippians 4 and 19, understand this. The Philippian church was a giving church to the point to where uh, they made sure that the Apostle Paul, in the midst of his trouble, was taken care of. But they were also a church that experienced trials, tribulations, and such to the point to where their needs were depleted. But then Paul told them in Philippians 4 and 19, My God shall supply, get this, all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Say to somebody, God is rich, but he does not hoard his riches. He uses his riches and one way he uses his riches is supplying the needs of saints. That's the reason you don't need to wholly depend on your job. Oh, he told you to work. That's in the Bible. But you have to understand that your your job is not your only source. And your job is not your major source. Your major source is God. Again, Paul said in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply, help me, of your needs according to his riches in glory. God is rich. Get this. I can't supply everybody's needs in here. I may start out on this first row and end on this first row. I'd be done ran out. May not even get to half of the row. Depending on the needs that, that uh, Mr. Jackson and Pastor Stalin have, they may just take everything. But not God. God will supply every need in this church. I said God will supply every need in this church. You don't have something too great when it comes to God. There is nothing too hard for God. Put it on the table and watch God show up and show out. God supplies needs. And he supplies needs when it comes to his children. Get it in your head. Get it in your heart that God will supply your needs. Paul wasn't just trying to make that church happy. He was, he was saying basically what Jesus had told his disciples in Matthew 6, 30 and following. Specifically, he told them in Matthew 6 and 33, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what you need will be supplied. Cause he, he told them before he got to that point, I don't want you worrying about what you should eat what you should drink, or what you should put on. 
He said, because when you get to worrying about stuff like that, you're being like Gentiles or sinners. He said, what I want you to understand is that if you just put God first, all of these things will be added or supplied to you. And how many know God does not change? God is a supplier. God is a supplier. And he especially supplies the need of his sheep. Touch yourself and say, God is going to supply my needs. Because he's rich. Now some folk get offended when you teach like this or when you talk like this. But I'm going to say it one more time to rally your nerve a little bit more. God is rich. And he wants to supply your needs. Help me quote Philippians 4 and 19 one more time. My God shall supply what? According to his and say to your neighbor, you can't walk away from that scripture. Not knowing that God is rich and part of what he wants to do with his is supply your needs. God's riches will run you down. They will overtake you. But now you have to believe that. You have to believe it and you have to operate according to his written and revealed word in order for those things to happen. See, Jesus said, yeah, he'll supply them. But you got to seek him first. You got to put him first. Don't expect certain things to happen if God is not primary in your life. But if he is primary, you need to expect some stuff to happen. You ain't got to pull them out. You ain't got, you ain't got to do this, that, or the other. No, not when you're in the will of God. You can expect God to show up and show up. You can expect God to do what your eyes have not seen. You can expect God to do everything that he said plus. He'll not only do what is written, he'll do what is revealed. He's a supplier. And before I go any further, some of us, we need to leave this church today knowing that we're putting God first and God going to supply some stuff. Supply your healing. Supply Whatever is essential to you existing here on earth, you need to expect that. Now, David, who knew God was his shepherd, and who also decreed here in Psalm 23 and 1, because the Lord was his shepherd, that he did not have to walk. Or he chose not to want. He knew God was a supplier. I said he knew he was a supplier. And here in Psalm 23 and 3. He reveals two things. 
that the Lord will supply to his sheep. I want him to supply some stuff. He already supplying some stuff, but, 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 but show me some more stuff in your word that you're going to supply God. See, you got to be hungry for it. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 5, if you hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. Guess what's going to happen? You shall be filled. God will do something for you. God wants to do something for you right now. And, and so the, the first thing that David reveals here in Psalm 23 and 3 that, that the Lord will supply is restoration. He will supply restoration. Let's look at the first part of this verse one more time. We've read it, but let's look at it one more time. He restores my... He restores my soul. He restores it. You have to understand when, when, it, when it comes to the soul, biblically speaking, it represents or it speaks about a breathing creature or specifically a person. Notice Genesis 2 and 7. Let's just read that to clarify what I'm, what I'm saying to you. The soul represents a breathing creature, a man or a woman. Genesis 2 and 7. You know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Easy book to find. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed. Into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or soul. The soul represents someone that breathes. That God has given life. But because of the troubles of the trials of life. That, that we experience as living beings. Periodically, we have to be restored. I said periodically, we have to be restored. When it speaks of us being restored, the primitive root is to bring back or to reverse some things. God takes away what's not needed or what's hindering and he renews us to the point to where we can tell that God has revived our being. God will give you vigor our strength in order for you to continue doing what he has purpose for you to do. See, because your soul, theologically or godly speaking, 
is something that God wants to prosper. I said it's something that God wants to prosper. God does not want you to be sluggish, not able to fulfill what he has ordained for you to do. God does not want you to go backwards instead of forward. God does not want your life to become worse instead of better. So he has to restore you from time to time. Has to make sure that, that, that when your, your mind gets cloudy, when you get to thinking in ways you, you have no business thinking, he, he has to send forth restoration in order to get your mind back to the place it needs to be. When you, when you get to seeing things in a, in a way that you have no business seeing them, things become blurry to you. God has to wash out your eyes with eyesalve in order to get you back to the place to where not only can you see what you, what you need to see in the natural, but you'll be able to see what you need to see in the realm of the spirit. Why? Because he wants your soul to prosper. Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in hell. Get this, even as your soul does prosper. Your soul has to be in the right place. Now, now soul again primarily speaks of a person or a breathing creature, but it also has to do with the mind. It has to do with the mind. And, and see, one of the worst things that can happen to a child of God is when God wants your mind to be on one thing, but your mind is on something else. Or get this. Your mind is on multiple things. See, see, sometimes you, you can get to going through trials and tribulations and your experience can cause your mind to be on multiple things. Or you'll, you'll even get to the point to where you'll start wondering mentally. One minute you're thinking about this, and then two minutes later you're thinking about something else. Then five minutes later you're thinking about something else. And sadly, that right there can happen in church. When God trying to give you a revelation. And when you are in that state, it's time for you to be, have some restoration. And here David says, he restores my soul. But we wouldn't be wrong to put it in there. He restores my mind. He restores my mind. Now, now there are times to where God will tell us to do certain things when it comes to our mind. But here we see God himself would take the initiative to do certain things himself. 
Because sometimes we don't even have the strength. Or we don't have what we need in order to do what needs to be done as it concerns our soul or our mind. And I know you know what I'm talking about. And so my thing is, Lord, restore it. Because I don't want to be existing and I'm not prospering. I don't want to be existing and and I'm not receiving what you have ordained for me to receive in this season. So if something needs to be reworked on me, If something needs to be taken out and something else put in, go ahead and do it, Lord. Whatever it's going to take to restore my soul, whatever it's going to take for me to have the mind that I used to have in order for me to run on the way I used to run, go ahead and have your way, God. Because understand this, as a free moral agent, you can stop God from working on your soul. I said, you can stop God from working on your soul. Why? Because you choose not to allow him to do what he desires to do in your life. Because God will restore it by by simply telling you, look, think on this right here. But if you choose not to obey what he's telling you, you're hindering the restoration. I got to move forward, but tell somebody whatever you do. Don't hinder God's restoration. Now shout at him. Let him work. Let him work. Let him work. David got in such bad shape when it came to his soul to where David David got to crying out, Soul! What's up with you? What's going on with you? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you dying? And then even preach to his soul, hope in the Lord. Say your neighbor, sometimes this, this, this mind can be a trap. And remember the soul ain't only the mind. Soul is talking about us. Look at your neighbor and say, you know, sometime, I'm a trip. Good God. You better tell one more person sometime, I am a trip. So so and so ain't getting into the service just sitting out like she did. She tripping. She ain't doing nothing but tripping. Something going on in her soul. You can be mad about stuff you ain't even got no business being mad about. What's going on? You need some restoration in your soul. Say to your neighbor one more time, sometime. Sometime. I, I, not my brother, brother. 
not my sister. I am a trip. And I'm going to tell you something, when, when I'm a trip, I mess up my own self. I make my own self look bad. I hinder my own blessings. Have you ever hindered your own blessings? So that's the reason you just need to say sometime, God, restore me. Lord, I done messed myself up to the point to well, you got to help me. Let your arm work on me from my crown to the sole of my feet. Let your arm not only work on the outside, let your, work, let your arm work on the inside. Clean my heart. David said to her, Lord, create in me. A clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. And Lord, when you do it, I'll be able to tell folk. I'll be able to testify about how you turned me completely around. Finally, he says in Psalm 23 and 23, that God also supplies direction. He supplies direction. Yeah. Let's look at the verse one more time and so we can understand this. Look at what he says here. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. He gonna supply direction. Because because sometimes we we just don't have the sense of what to do. We be guessing. Old folks say you trying to feel your way. Yeah, see, certain things come, you don't need to try to feel your way. You need to be clear about what path you should take. You know, I, I'm praying. I'm trying to figure out if I should go this way or I should go go that way. You, you, you ain't got to figure. You just need to let your shepherd tell you what direction to go in. Well, it don't seem like my money going to let me get this right here, so I might have to just step back and do that. Now, see, you messing up. You talking about what your money won't let you do. You better find out what your shepherd want you to do. Because your money could, can, can seem right in January, but, but, but three months down the road, your money can be a little fun. But your shepherd ain't going to change on you. If your shepherd tell you to do it, you can shout right then because if he tell you to do it, that means you're covered for the duration. See, when your shepherd tell you to do it six months down the road, you can lose your job. But because you did it, because your shepherd directed you to do it, it's still going to be well. 
And, and, and notice David was specific. He leads me down the paths, get this, of righteousness. You can be a child of God and take the wrong path. Holy Ghost feel and take the wrong path. Speaking in tongues and, and just, oh, God, show me. Ah, thank you, God. Oh, oh, go right, go right. Now, God ain't told you to go right. You done got caught up in your emotions and went right. Because sometimes God will lead you down a path that don't seem godly. Boy, I got to work with this. You have to work with it when you recognize even some of the preachers when they man you on that. Get this. In Matthew, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse and following, it talks about how Jesus was led, get this, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Do you know sometimes God will lead you down a path and that path is filled with nothing but trouble. That path is filled with nothing but suffering. Now, now, when he led him into the wilderness, he experienced hunger. He experienced lack. But it was God leading him that way. And see, some, sometimes we, we, we think that, that if we're going through some trouble, that it ain't God. But sometimes it ain't nobody but God. And we be, we be praying and asking God to get us out of what he put us in. Oh, God. I'm going through some trouble. Deliver me, Jesus. Oh, God. This is my fifth day of fasting. When you going to move for me? He ain't going to move for you. Because he's the one that led you down that path. Theologians talk about how Israel could have made it from Egypt to the promised land in just a short time. And they, and they often go on about that. But, and never ever saying this right here. Because of the sovereignty of God. He did not allow them to take the quick route. He allowed them to go through the wilderness, through a place of lack. But get this, in that place of lack, Israel learned that when essentials were not available that it didn't mean they couldn't have essentials. <laughs> Even when water wasn't available, it didn't mean they couldn't have water because God himself provided water. Even when food was not available, it didn't mean they couldn't have food because God provided food. God will allow you to go down a path that seems wrong, but it ain't nothing but right. In order for you to better understand that he is your supplier. 
I said that he is your supplier. See, some of us, we, we want trials to last about an hour and a half. We don't want trials to last no six months, no two or three years. But some trials God allows you to go through, it's going to take you staying in that trial six months. It's going to take you staying in that trial two or three years in order for God to bring out of you the purpose that He has ordained to come out in your life. Seem like ain't nothing worked out for me in years, but is the hand of God upon you? Is the hand of God the reason why it's not working out? Because if God is allowing you to go down through a path that is rough, is tough, is filled with trials and tribulation, when all is said and done, God is going to use you in a great and mighty way, child of God. Listen to this. After the Spirit of God had led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days, when Jesus came out of the wilderness, it's, it talks of how he went forth in ministry in the power of the Spirit. God had endowed him, the man Jesus, with the great anointing, but it only came forth after he had been tried. There are certain things that God is going to allow you to go through. Certain paths he's going to allow you to go down. Simply. So when you come out of it, you will be endured with power to perform your purpose or your God-ordained purpose. But also that you will know without question who your supplier is. I said you will know without question who your supplier is. God allowed me to go through some stuff and I said, Lord, why in the world am I going through all this need and all this, that and the other? Because Walker, I want you to know that I am your supplier. I don't want you up there preaching something just because you see it in the Word. I want you up there preaching something that you have lived. There are folk that preach the Word of God not based upon what they have experienced. It's based upon the latter. It's a difference when somebody can tell you based upon experience that God will bring you through. Then somebody that's just telling you because they read it. How you know that I read it? And is, is the written word right? Of course. But it's something about when God takes you through something. 
and how you keep the faith and you're able to tell others, I kept the faith and God did exactly what he said plus. And some things you have to experience. Uh, uh, some things your faith has to be tested in order for you to have a real testimony. In the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it speaks about the elders. It says the elders obtain a good testimony or report. But the reason? Because of their faith. Because of them walking in what God said. Because of them going through the experience, they were able to tell somebody about the power of God. How are you going to tell me about the power of giving and you rob God? If you're going to tell me about the power of giving, you got to tell me even when I, even when I was struggling financially, I kept giving God his tithes and his offering and, and, and it went on for a year. It went on for two years. But then God opened up a window and I'll never forget it. It's just like yesterday. It seemed like blessings start coming from the north, south, east and the west. How many are understanding what I'm saying? So don't think. The paths of righteousness are going to be a little sweet, <laughs> gentle, lovely pathways. Paths that you can just tiptoe down. Paths that's the only thing you got to do is say Hallelujah. Because ain't nothing messing with your mind on that path. Nothing is challenging you physically on that path. Nothing is challenging your loyalty on that path. Jesus' loyalty was, was challenged. It was challenged when he went down a path that God told him to go down. His loyalty. devil told him, say, look, if you just worship me, I'll give you all this. You, you ain't got to worry about not having this, that, and the other. You'll get all this right here. Jesus said, no. I'm going to say lawyer to God. Because it is written, you should worship the Lord God only, and him only shall you serve. See, God will take you down that path. Not only to challenge your, your loyalty to God, but God, God will take you down a path to challenge your loyalty to his servant. I'm going I'm, to I'm allow you to go through this right here to see if you still going to serve your pastor. I'm going to allow you, you and sister so-and-so to get mad at each other to see if you're going to do right even though y'all mad at each other. You done got quiet over here. I better go over here. God will allow deacons to butt heads just, just, just to see if they're going to still do what he told them to do. Put you on a path like that? Yes. Yes. And you be like, this ain't God. Yeah, it is. Because God wants to know 
that if one of your buttons get pushed, what you going to do? And, and you check out scripture, it's amazing how God will allow folks to go down paths that seem wrong, that don't even seem like it's a path God will lead you down just to see. Or specifically for them to see exactly who they are. Walk, I'm going to let you go down this path and let you see that that, that, that four wheels stab you in the back. But I'm going to see if you're going to praise me and how. Here go one knife. Here go another knife. Here go another knife. Here go another knife. Lord, these knives are just wearing me down. Got me bent over. But walk, I got to put three more knives in there to see if you still going to give me the praise. I, I have learned that if God puts me on a path like that, not to cry, not to complain, but just do the right thing. I need to show you, I need to show you what Solomon said. I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. Proverbs 3. Lord have mercy. Some of y'all look like y'all ain't ready for this. I don't need to get back to the Lord as my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm all in it. But but notice this. Uh, Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Lean not unto your own. In all your ways acknowledge. And he shall what? See, when God sends you down a path, even though it's not the path you want to be on, or it doesn't seem like a godly path. You can't lean to your own understanding. You can't lean to your own understanding. You have to just trust him. Because you'd be like, how in the world can all this be going on with this God? Well, look at Jesus himself. Look at the path he had to take. He had to suffer in order to reign. And then Paul turned around and and told Timothy, if you suffer with Christ, you'll also reign with him. But on top of that, Jesus told his disciples, hey, y'all coming after me? Well, let me tell you something. If you're going to come after me, this is what I need y'all to do. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, an emblem of suffering, and follow me. Putting them on a path of what? Suffering. But, but, but you even have, quote unquote, deep saints. That when they see you going through trials and tribulation, they, they will try to say, she out the will of God. Yeah, the reason all that happened is she out the will of God. No, she in the will of God. Because when you in the will of God, you're going to experience some suffering. But the wonderful thing is that sufferings are just a part of the path. 
sufferings are not the conclusion of the path. Yeah, Jesus suffered, but he also reigned. Yeah, Daniel suffered, but he also reigned. But it was a path of righteousness. But the key is this right here. God leads us. And if he's leading us down that path, we can either go or do contrary to his will. And see, David said, he, he going to lead me down this path, but, but get this. And it's for his name's sake. And see, that, that's the reason when it's for his name's sake. You have to be like, well, if it's for his purpose, even though it's going to be some trouble, some good going to come out of it. Even, it may, even though it may be hard initially, when all is said and done, I'm going to be blessed because it's for his name's sake. It ain't, it ain't, it, the, the primary reason is not for the suffering. The primary reason is for his name's sake. The primary reason is, is not for me to lose this, that, and the other. The primary reason is for his name's sake. And if I'm going through suffering for Christ's name's sake, that means it's a blessing in it. Say to your neighbor, when, when, when you go through anything in the name of Jesus, you can expect blessings to come out of it. When you give in the name of Jesus, you can expect blessings to come out of it. No matter what you do for God's sake, it's going to benefit your life. But the primary thing you need to understand, don't think when he leads you down a path that it's going to be something you can tiptoe through. Or it's going to be filled with nothing but glory. No, not so. Here, here we are, God is leading us down a path. Better is here and better is coming. But how many have been going through trials since better is here and better is coming? Yeah, better is here and better is coming, but that does not eliminate trouble. But you got to stay focused. I'm going through trouble, but the path I'm on is better is and better is. I wanted it to work out in a week, but I see God didn't ordain for me just to go through this a week. He ordained for me to go through this for some months. But I can't, I can't just focus on going through this for months or years. I've got to focus on better ills and better ills. He leads me down the paths of righteousness. For what? His name's sake. And see, some of us, in my clothes, some of us, we've been going through stuff. And your, and your thing is, you, you just, you, you're so concerned about when it's going to end. You need to change your focus. Your, your concern needs to be, is this the path God wants me on? 
Because if it's the path that God wants me on, I, I, I've got to, I've got to quit thinking about my timetable. I need to get rid of my. I bought this watch out here. Just do this. Because I want you to really see. I've got to get rid of my. My time. Because if I hold on to this. I'm going to keep. Looking. See your neighbor. You you, got to quit looking at your time. Take. See, because some of us, the only thing you're concerned about is when it's going to end. No. You just keep following the one that's what? Leading. He leads me what? Down the path of righteousness. See, if, 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 you're, if, if you're talking about when is it going to end, when, when you going to stop, that means you ain't, you ain't following him with your whole heart. You ain't following him with your whole heart. That, that means you're, you're also hindering what he desires to do because you're more focused on when you're going, when you're going to reach the end than really going through what he wants you to go through as you go down the path. I'm going to tell you something. No, I'm going to put my watch back on. I done did it. That was a good illustration. Listen to this. I, I used to go places and I would be so concerned about getting there to where I ignored the surroundings. I mean, just, just, just so single-minded, I, I got to get there. I just, boom, didn't enjoy anything. And, and, but then I learned, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take my time. And when I started taking my time and enjoying the journey, man, I'm telling you, I ended up getting so many blessings before I got to the actual place I was going. (laughs) When you read Matthew 4 and 4, don't just look at the blessings that Jesus got once he came out of the wilderness. Look at the blessings he received in the midst of the devil. In the midst of the wilderness. He leads me down the path of righteousness for his what? I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord ahead. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.